Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel, Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 464 on our three-year journey through God's Word. We come to 1 Kings 11. Now, it's a little bit strange because this video is actually uh, for Resurrection Day 2023 is when this is being released. And this is not a very happy chapter. Uh, it's not a resurrection chapter. It's not a very hope-filled chapter. Uh, we have Solomon after several chapters describing the greatness of his accomplishments, his wisdom and the temple and his own palace and how his worldwide fame was spreading. Now his heart turns away from the Lord. So let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we look at this chapter together today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your faithful love. You are unfailing. Solomon failed. But you never fail, O oh Lord. So speak to us through your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First Kings chapter 11. Now, King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord said to the people of Israel, You shall never enter into marriage with them. Neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn your heart away after other gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not wholly follow the Lord as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Molech, the abomination of the Ammonites, on the mountain east of Jerusalem. And he did so for all his foreign wives who made offerings and sacrificed to their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. But he did not keep what the Lord commanded. Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Since this has been your practice, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes that I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. Yet, for the sake of David your father, I will not do it in your days, but I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away all the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of David my servant and for the sake of Jerusalem that I have chosen. And the Lord raised up an adversary against Solomon, Hadad the Edomite. He was of the royal house in Edom. For when David was in Edom and Joab the commander of the army went up to bury the slain, he struck down every male in Edom. For Joab and all Israel remained there six months until he had cut off every male in Edom. But Hadad fled to Egypt, together with certain Edomites of his father's servants, Hadad still being a little child. They set out for Midian and came to Paran, 
and took men with them from Paran and came to Egypt to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave him a house and assigned him an allowance of food and gave him land. And Hadad found great favor in the sight of Pharaoh, so that he gave him in marriage to the sister of his own wife, the sister of Tophanes, the queen. And the sister of Tophanes bore him Genubath, his son, whom Tophanes weaned in Pharaoh's house. And Genubath was in Pharaoh's house among the sons of Pharaoh. But when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers and that Joab, the commander of the army, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me depart that I may go to my own country. But Pharaoh said to him, What have you lacked with me that you are now seeking to go to your own country? And he said to him, Only let me depart. God also raised up as an adversary to him reason, the son of Eliada, who had fled from his master Hadadezer, king of Zobath. And he gathered men about him and became leader of a marauding band after the killing by David. And they went to Damascus and lived there and made him king in Damascus. He was an adversary of Israel all the days of Solomon, doing harm as Hadad did. And he loathed Israel and reigned over Syria. Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, an Ephraimite of Zerida, a servant of Solomon, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow, also lifted up his hand against the king. And this was the reason why he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built the millow and closed up the breach of the city of David his father. The man Jeroboam was very able, and when Solomon saw that the young man was industrious, he gave him charge over all the forced labor of the house of Joseph, and at that time, when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, found him in the road, and Ahijah had dressed himself in a new garment, and the two of them were alone in the open country. Then Ahijah lay hold of the new garment that was on him, and tore it into twelve pieces, and he said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I am about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon, and will give you ten tribes." But he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city that I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Chemosh, the god of Moab, and Milcom, the god of the Ammonites. And they have not walked in my ways, doing what is right in my sight and keeping my statutes and my rules as David his father did. Nevertheless, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of David my servant, whom I chose, who kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and will give it to you, ten tribes. Yet to his son I will give one tribe, that David my servant may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I have chosen to put my name. And I will take you, and you shall reign over all that your soul desires, and you shall be king over Israel. And if you listen to all that I command you, and will walk in my ways, and do what is right in my eyes, by keeping my statutes and my commandments as David my servant did, I will be with you, and will build you a sure house as I built for David, and I will give Israel to you. And I will afflict the offspring of David because of this, but not forever." Solomon sought, therefore, to kill Jeroboam. But Jeroboam arose and fled to Egypt, 
to Shishak, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. Now the rest of the Acts of Solomon, and all that he did, and his wisdom, are they not written in the book of the Acts of Solomon? And the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was forty years. And Solomon slept with his fathers, and was buried in the city of David his father, and Rehoboam his son reigned in his place. That is 1 Kings chapter 11. And like I said, it's a pretty sad chapter because after lots of <clears throat> great uh, evidence of how God had blessed Solomon, how God had greatly used Solomon, how, how Solomon's riches and wealth and wisdom and fame and power and influence had brought Israel really to the peak of her earthly geopolitical power and influence, we see Solomon turn away. The very influence, the very sort of international connectedness that had Solomon had achieved became his downfall when he married foreign women. Now, these were generally political alliance marriages where to basically confirm a treaty or a trade agreement or an alliance, you would say, well, I'll give my daughter to you in marriage. That way there is a princess of the Moabites, a princess of the Ammonites, a princess of the Edomites living in the royal court in Jerusalem. That would make it less likely that the Moabites, Ammonites, or Edomites would attack Jerusalem because there's a, there's a, there's a princess of their own people among them. And it's also less likely that Jerusalem would go and attack this, this people because, again, there's a member of the royal family who's right there in, in the court of the king in Jerusalem. So these are political alliance marriages. Also, you have to say Solomon was a man, and the idea of having a thousand beautiful women surrounding him and attending on him uh, had to puff up his pride and appeal to his, to his desires, and this is not good. And as Solomon became old, his wives turned away his heart. At first, he just provided for them to have a place to go and worship their gods. That's bad enough. I mean, really, it began with, with the daughter of Pharaoh. Uh, it's not right. Like, Solomon should have said, as part of coming into my house, you're going to worship Yahweh of Israel. You're not going to worship the gods of your fathers anymore. You're going to worship the one true God, Yahweh of Israel. So the fact that Solomon was willing to enter into this kind of agreement where he would say, okay, I'll give you a place where you can worship your gods, but it's going to be east of Jerusalem. It's going to be outside of the city. This was a compromise position where he thought we can keep Jerusalem pure and dedicated to the Lord, and I'll keep my heart and my household pure and dedicated to the Lord. But if they want to go and worship their gods, they can go outside the city to the east. That's not good. A little bit of compromise can lead to a lot of sin. And so we need to avoid these kinds of compromises in our lives. There may be an equivalent to that in our lives where we think, well, I'm just going to allow this in this one part of my life for this little bit of time, and it's okay because I can keep it under control, and it won't be a big deal, and I can handle it, and no, no, no. The heart of man is deceitful above all else and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags, Isaiah 55 says. We have no good within us that is within our flesh, Romans 7 says. And so we need to 
be acknowledging that and, and stay far away from sin and be wholly dedicated unto the Lord. David was, was a sinner. He, he did sinful things, but he never worshipped foreign gods and he never tolerated bringing in foreign gods into Israel. And that was a, the big difference. And so Solomon fails. He goes after these foreign gods. He ends up worshipping them himself. He ends up going out with his wives and bowing down to these false gods. And the Lord, as a consequence, raises up adversaries, both foreign adversaries and adversaries within Israel. And you can see how dark Solomon's heart is when Jeroboam, this gifted young man, an Ephraimite, is raised up by the Lord and is told by a prophet that he's going to have 10 of the 12 tribes. Rather than prompting Solomon to repent and to seek the Lord, Solomon seeks to have Jeroboam killed. And so Jeroboam flees to Egypt. This is not good. It also shows one of the patterns in the history of Israel is their tendency to rely on Egypt and the fact that uh, Hadad, <clears throat> the Edomite, as well as Jeroboam, the Ephraimite, both of these enemies of Solomon found shelter and cover in Egypt shows that Egypt was not someone to be relied on as an alliance. Even though Pharaoh's daughter was married to Solomon, Solomon thought, oh, we got a good alliance here. And even though there was an economic trade where they could get some, some horses and they could sell them and, and, and they, they could have this great trade alliance, Pharaoh and Egypt are not good allies. They're not to be relied on. We should not give our hearts and make alliances with the world and rely upon the world for the things that God has promised us. God promised to protect the national integrity of Israel. God promised to be their defense and to give them prosperity. Solomon should not have entered into these alliances and so compromised the house of God and the, and the city of God and the people of God. Thankfully, thankfully, and this is Resurrection Day, we have a king who never failed. We have a king who was faithful to the end. We have a king who served his father with a whole heart and who never compromised in the slightest way. He never sinned. And his righteousness, being perfect, won him the victory over sin and death. And that's the king that we get to serve. And that's the king whose heart should be our heart. We should love the Lord. We should give Jesus the entirety of our heart and we should have his heart as our heart him in us and us in him and the union with Christ is our salvation and is the way that we should be living our lives let's pray father thank you for the example that Solomon is a sobering example that a man can have great wisdom and great wealth and great power and influence but still be led astray because our hearts are weak and our hearts are unfaithful. So, Father, bind our hearts to Christ by faith, by your Holy Spirit, ever more stronger that Christ in us might be our righteousness and our peace. Not ourselves, but Christ in us. We thank you for Jesus, our Savior, and our great King, who is perfect in all his ways. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tomorrow we'll be going on to 1 Kings chapter 12 and Rehoboam's folly how the loss of these 10 tribes actually comes about in history. And uh, Mike will be back for that one, so we'll look forward to that. Have a blessed day in the Lord.